Hey everybody, welcome to MindRise. I am your host, Ian Philo. This podcast is designed to help find solutions to everyday mental blocks. Its goal is to provide you with the tools to rise and break through your own barriers. In the game of life, we can be our own worst enemies. I created this podcast in response to my own battles with my mind. Instead of sinking further down, join me to commit to a more positive perception of ourselves and those around us. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Mind Rise podcast. I am your host Ian Philo, and today I have a special guest, my wife, Delaney Philo. Back by um, popular demand. Back by popular demand. Peter, if you're listening to this, um, she is very articulate and amazing, so also by your consideration, she is back on. And today we have a very interesting topic, um, one that I particularly wouldn't feel too confident i guess talking about by myself um just because i really think for this one i need another person particularly a woman and today we're going to be talking about body image and social media in specific how it affects young women and um i'm gonna let delaney sort of just comment on that before i go a little more into depth on really how big of an issue this is Yeah, I do tend to talk Ian's ear off, especially on long car rides. There have been more than one occasions when he's turned to me on a drive and said, Delaney, we have to do this on our drives every single time. And the answer is yes. We're going to continue to do this on our drives because you guys have no idea how upset this makes me. Especially because social media and the images that social media gives women of themselves has so deeply affected my personal life and the way that I see my own body. And I think that's completely unacceptable. Yeah. So just to give you guys some context, um, body image and eating disorders are rapidly increasing, especially among young women in their 20s. These disordered behaviors result from the interaction of several factors, including beauty ideals, a significant factor contributing to that is social media by which the most unrealistic beauty ideals are popularized and also lead to um, negative behaviors. These disorders usually occur within women in their 20s during adolescence, and people that suffer from these um, sometimes have altered attitudes, behaviors, body dysmorphia. Um, not sh- um, They have struggle with their weight perception and also physical appearance, and just really as a whole this is this is impacting the whole world and especially with like skinny trends and and popular things on tiktok that are just being reinforced um it's not really helping women at all and um again i'm gonna give it over to delaney because this is something that i have seen that i have observed that i've noticed um but it it is not impacted me nearly as intensely as it would her since she is a young woman in her 20s that has to deal with this stuff every single day. And the saddest thing is that sometimes the way women feels about themselves, it really does manifest in codependent behaviors that end in young women uh, similar to myself needing more attention. And for needing attention, attention that they weren't given properly, and attention that social media is saying they're not giving because their bodies aren't ideal. They get called um, attention whores and they get 
terms thrown on them like daddy issues. Now, the worst thing about the term daddy issues is that it's literally victim shaming. You're going to blame this young woman for the fact that her father wasn't present and and didn't love her properly. Yeah, and it's it's it sucks. It's it's a cancer. I know that um, Delaney and I, for one, follow this awesome influencer. I don't even know why I'm saying the word influencer. I really am against that sometimes. But this one is good. Um, her name's Danae. She really promotes like body positivity and like natural um, form when it comes to women's health. And it's even just the recognition that most of the time, if you look it up, posed image on social media it's just that it's posed it's lighting it's um falsified muscle tone it's the perfect setting and don't get me wrong like i definitely know people who look photoshopped in real life like we can't downplay that i think the problem is that women look at pictures and they wonder why they don't look like those pictures and what danae is trying to do is raise awareness to the fact that most women are capable of looking like that for a moment, but they're not capable of looking like that for their whole life. Yeah, and I think I think a large portion of um, the a large portion of this problem when it comes to women like looking at idealized bodies online and thinking that they should be like that and really getting down on themselves. Um, not all of it, but I think a large portion of it has to do with like the fitness industry and like what they're Mm -hmm. trying to put out there and there's like hashtags like fit inspo Mm -hmm. and inspiration or body goals and I think the majority of posts that other young women are seeing that after they view it they get like a gut reaction they're like oh great now I feel like crap about myself it's the women who are Gymshark models it's the women who are wearing you know like really tight workout gear and doing lunges and squats all the time. It's posts with that type of content. Not to say that other posts with like women in different types of attire can't have a negative impact. I just have personally seen um, other women and especially Delaney get really negatively impacted by like these sort of idealized fitness inspiration posts. And I think there's a really huge problem. I could probably host an entire podcast by myself and just go on and on about the fact that there is a really tough balance between female empowerment and females inclining themselves to feel empowered by the male gaze. And that's literally taking power away from themselves. That's a moment where you look at yourself and you say, okay, well, I feel so empowered right now because I know that every man who looks at me is going to think I'm sexy. But you're marketing yourself to men, and that's literally the least empowering thing that you could possibly do. Whether or not you feel powerful doesn't change the fact that the things that men are thinking when they're looking at you are not actually empowering. They're very demeaning. And I think that we need to really band together and be so sensitive and so gentle to people who genuinely do feel empowered. It's not, it's not going to be okay for us to talk down to those women who feel certain ways about empowerment, but it's also not going to be okay for us to continue to live in a world where the only way women can feel empowered is by having demeaning thoughts exist in their general direction. Oh yeah. And I think, and, and of course, like I'm not, I'm not a professional like dietitian and, and I'm this this whole thing is just me sort of giving my my opinion my two cents but I think one thing to ultimately consider is that um, a lot of these fitness inspiration posts 
for um, lack of a better word are are seems to be geared a lot towards like male audience and a lot of them seem to be like sort of um, sensualized in a way like sometimes it's more about like this idealized woman form and less about the workout and male audience is like so captivated by that right like they don't at that point they don't even care if the information that they're selling them is valid and scientific and true it's all about you know consuming this unrealistic thing so what i hear you starting to say is that women can't even have hobbies without the results of that hobby being like the necessity that the results of their hobby be appealing to guys and that's a whole different issue than just saying right. like well i, I don't mean, condone from your perspective, that yeah absolutely. i mean it's, it's horrible a perspective that you have that's so valuable is saying like listen this isn't helping anybody because not only are right. we marketing this to men but maybe guys who are struggling with visual stimuli and trying to get away from something like pornography or trying to be more positive in their thought processes are going to have a negative result from that. And I'm going to come and add a point of view that says, like, it's really, really sad that women can't even enjoy working out without having to market their bodies towards men by changing their form to be more appealing to men and not just to be stronger or not just to mm -hmm. love themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and again, obviously, to every point, to every argument, there's going to be like a naysayer. There's obviously, you know, another side of this argument, but I, I think this is particularly just a huge issue overall. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I just, I just know, have known too many men in my past that, like, if women are wearing a particular sort of gear or like shapewear and they're not like fit into this cookie cutter, um, picture of what they see on the internet they're like oh like that's disgusting like that's gross like she should cover up like super like double standard like hateful and mean things right because not only are women groomed from the tender age of five or ten to be sexualized beings that exist solely for visual pleasure but now when a woman is trying to condone the negative side effects of being a visually pleasurable being, it's generally going to come down to whether or not men actually like the results of what they've pruned into their lives. Absolutely. And I think because, because of all this, um, it has in turn created eating disorders too. So because women are groomed into thinking they need to reach this perfect body type, they develop eating disorders and it's really unhealthy and it's becoming an epidemic between young women. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that for a minute. We've all heard somebody say like, oh, well, there were studies conducted. And like, that's so important. That's so valuable to recognize that people are studying things. But let's talk about a specific study here. See, Amy Slater was an associate professor at the University of West England in Bristol. She published a study in 2017. So now we know where it happened and who did it in the year and there were 160 female undergraduates viewed, who viewed either hashtag Fitspo or self-compassion quotes, or a mix of both, which were all sourced from real accounts on Instagram. So that's important to recognize. Now we have th three different control groups who were all exposed to Instagram accounts. Those who only viewed hashtags Fitspo scored lower on self-compassion for the entire endurance of the study. But those who viewed the compassionate quotes 
such as you're perfect just the way you are, they were nicer to themselves and felt better about their bodies. And guys, this isn't necessarily something that was mentioned in the study, but I guarantee that people who are compassionate to themselves were also more compassionate to others. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, that makes a great point. Um, that study, just like loads of other research done on the, on the internet, are all pointing back um, to the fact that these things are really inherently damaging for women. Um, I remember scrolling through my Facebook feed not too long ago and reading about yet another girl that I went to high school with that struggled with an eating disorder and body dysmorphia because, you know, again, I, I don't know the whole story, but I'm sure a lot of it was because of these ideal body standards that are perpetuated upon women. And there was really one thing that struck me in her story, you know, besides the fact that she was basically, um, you know, bulimic and, and would do these, go to these extreme measures to maintain her weight. Um, if she ate something that was like a certain calorie count, let's just say, for example, like 1600 calories, she would then track her calories and go on the treadmill and work out until she reached that caloric limit that in which she burned, like basically the same amount of calories eaten, she needed to burn that exact amount to validate to herself that she was worth something. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, that's crazy. Like, I'll run on the treadmill for 15 minutes and I only burn like 200 calories. Like, she must have been on the treadmill for hours, like punishing her body, when at the end of the day, like, like, this is horrid. Like, what, what are we achieving? We're shaming women into, like, killing themselves inside yeah so it sounds like you've really been captivated recently by women's experience with right. body dysmorphia and with eating disorders i know this is something that affects a lot of men too how do you relate to that well i think i definitely know a lot more women that have struggled with this not to say that men aren't affected by it um because that's a thing as well um i think particularly if i were to speak on one type of culture that it is a real problem in, it would be wrestling, because I wrestled in high school, and a lot of the times we would cut weight, it was basically just like male bulimia. We would just, um, you know, eat very little, and sometimes guys would even purge in the toilet to make weight, and then the next day they would just binge eat. So there's definitely some of that going on, um, especially in high school wrestling where weight is constantly monitored and you need to make that weight in order to sufficiently compete in that weight class. Um, I personally haven't seen it go on too much outside of sports, but I'm sure it does happen a lot. Um, yeah. So. We have to be really careful to recognize that right. the demographic you grew up in is different than some other demographics. Of course, yeah. It's it's definitely, I've, yeah, it's definitely something that happens everywhere. I mean, yeah, I mean, you've been so active your whole life and your dad was a bodybuilder, so right. you've got these beautiful genes. And because you were on so many sports teams, now, as far as I understand from an outsider perspective, not a lot of guys are very emotionally connected. They're not to to say something mildly confusing, they're not emotionally intimate with each other. And that's just talking about human bonds. Mm -hmm. So it's possible that a lot of men in your life were struggling with their body image really deeply and they never and felt like they could even, talk to you yeah, about it. Yeah, I wouldn't have even known. 
I think true. it would be fair to say that not a lot of people in America right now, well, I mean, yes, a lot, but not a very large percentage of people in America right now have a healthy view of their body, whether or not they're male or female. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that that's definitely a valid point. I mean, this it's the same thing, you know, this this goes for, for men as well. I mean, there's constantly these idealized, um, you know, superhero-esque body types that are constantly blown all over the internet like you have to look like this in order to be desirable i mean the same thing goes for guys and i know that's valid and i know that's real um i think just as a guy from my experience it has seemed like whether or not guys are willing to be vocal about it it has seemed like this body image body dysmorphia eating disorder pandemic has really targeted and hit women a lot harder but that again that's just my perspective there are definitely evidences to the fact that more women have been influenced by this than men right but and a lot are, of it is because of men yeah there are some new semi-radicals on the internet um who post under anonymous names you guys so i can't necessarily quote them per se but there are people who genuinely believe that superhero cultures, like not only is the over-sexualization of women in Marvel and DC Comics, like we're talking about drawings right now, right? Not only is that evidence of unhealthy patriarchal roles, but the over-sexualization of men in those comics too is also probably a side effect from patriarchal roles. So what can we learn from this here? Like, I mean, I mentioned a moment ago that your dad was a bodybuilder, right? So you've got these incredible, amazing genes. I mean, your pants are great, but I'm talking about your DNA. <laughs> so what what do we do when we're um, when we're faced with somebody who maybe they have a disability, maybe they have different genes than you do? Maybe um, let's even talk about how America can often treat people who have different nationalities than you or I, and like how that could possibly create and pertain to body dysmorphia. And here's the problem. Women are standing up and they're kind of creating this Me Too community where they can talk to each other about their body dysmorphia and their eating disorders and their struggles with being taken advantage of by people who are set in patriarchal roles. But when are we going to make a safe place for guys to open up and talk about what's going on in their headspace too? Yeah, <clears throat> no, that's a good point. I don't, I don't have the answer to that. I think it's just a challenge at the yeah. end of the day. <laughs> Don't have the answer to that, and hopefully, as a society, we we will progress towards that point. I think overall, I just wanted to deliver and comment on how far this has gone, how radical this has become. I mean, we can act like we live in a world that's like super great, and there's not underlying issues that are literally eating people from the inside out, but. I mean, if any of you guys have spent more than two minutes on social media, you'll know that that's, you know, beyond the case. Yeah. I mean, the other day, I was just telling Delaney, like, there's all these crazy challenges, you know, like, like, we're in a pandemic, it's the coronavirus, and people are measuring desirable waists on women if by seeing if you can wrap the disposable mask around their waist end to end, and if it touches them, they're skinny enough. And same thing with, like like iPhone headphones if you could wrap it around twice and connect both points then they're skinny enough and I was like how damaging is that yeah 
I mean, let's just talk about that for a moment. How many times, just you, listener, male or female, have you walked into the bathroom and looked yourself in the mirror and thought, like, dang, like, I look good today, like, my eyes are cute, I really like my nose, my ears, like, even, even your ears. I'm talking about your toes. I'm talking about literally anything you could see in the mirror and appreciate about yourself. And then you open a social media app for less than five seconds. Maybe you hit the search bar and all of these posts come up in the search and all of a sudden you're like, never mind. Yep. And and that doesn't only apply to body. Like here we are, we're talking about body image today, but we could also throw in a little um, side jab at the fact that social media can also make you feel horrible about your job. It can make you feel really bad about your living situation. It can make you feel like everybody has more friends than you. Like what actually, at this point in time, is the frequent daily usage of social media adding to your life? That's not meant to be a challenge so much as a question. Like really ask yourself, if I checked on social media less often, would my life be worse or would it be better? Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Um, I think especially for this particular episode, um, it would definitely make a lot of people's life worse centering on the topic of, like, idealized body image. It would make their life worse to do what? To view it all the time and view these images. Mm. But, I mean, I will always view social media as a networking tool but just like anything it's a tool and if it's abused it can you know lead to your demise if you have too much of it it can cause a problem um so i'm sure everyone knows you can tailor your news feed you can unfollow this unfollow that there's still always going to be something that pops up i mean it's just it's just part of the algorithm it's just what happens If we were to talk about social media like it's a chainsaw, like let's say that you really need some firewood, you've got to burn something, you're really, really cold, Um, you need to create a fire, so you chop down a couple of trees. But that chainsaw, now it's just running loose, and it saws down your entire house, and now your arm's cut off. And like any tool, name any tool in the toolbox, if you use it too often, it's not going to be helpful anymore. Yeah, no, absolutely. We have to have... uh... Batman utility belt, and not just one tool to use. If you guys didn't get that reference, then I'm really sorry. What are some other helpful <laughs> tools that people can put on their tool belt to combat the negative ones? Um, well, I mean, it's kind of hard now because we're in a pandemic, but as long as you do it safely and in, in a smart manner, see people in person. I mean, that's huge. See people and interact with them and see their bodies in real life, not behind the lens of your phone screen. I think that's a huge tool in the tool belt that you can implement. Um, you know, I mean, that that's one that I think of. Get off of your phone, you know, limit screen time. That's like the obvious one, I think. What about breathing exercises for people who experience anxiety related to their body? Sure. There yeah, are some people in my one. life who are so important to me, but they would literally use the restroom and take a shower without even turning the light on in the bathroom because they couldn't look at their body for that amount of time. Mm. And so we can use breathing exercises. We can read more books, um, books about anything, instead of accessing social media as a means to release, I don't know, positive hormones in our brain. We could go on walks. 
not long walks, not runs, not to burn calories, but just to be outside, just to distract ourselves. I have a question for you. Sure. This could be somewhat rhetorical, I think, if we look at the way that our world is going, but do you think this problem is just going to continue to get worse and that we're going to come up with better ways to combat it? Or do you think it's going to get better anytime soon? Because it just seems like the more social media platforms that are invented, the more ways that guys can figure out to demonize women and their body weight, it just seems like there's always some sort of new trend that is just thrown into the mix to make things worse. Well, it's got to be eventually a personal choice on an individual level. Here's the problem, okay? So people say that voting doesn't matter because eventually it's the Electoral College. And um, recycling is pointless because nobody else is recycling and the ocean's already filled with plastic. Mm. But this is a little bit different than voting and recycling because your personal choice to listen to the positive voices out there telling you that your body is worthy of love and that it is valid and inherently valuable your choice to listen to those voices isn't maybe going to change the world, but it definitely will change your world. And I'm so proud of the people in our generation who have chosen to speak up from their personal standpoint and say something positive out there into the world. But I can also see a lot of, I mean, you could call them pretty people, standing up for other pretty people and saying like, no, 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 like we should all be beautiful. But like, you're beautiful just the way you are, but only if you're skinny and your Mm. hair is done perfectly and your wardrobe is wonderful and the environment that you're in is an aesthetically pleasing environment. And then we've got a third category of people, people who, um, I mean, I guess somebody who is a quote, pretty person, unquote, would call them like a have not which is so disgusting, by the way. Um, I have not. I think what I'm trying to say is somebody who maybe wouldn't be immediately classified as somebody who has the perfect hair, who has the perfect house, and is the exact right amount of skinny that they can wrap a mask around their waist, Mm. um, can become so bitter and so filled up with the fact that, like, oh, I don't have what they have, and that makes me sad, But instead of recognizing that I don't have to have what they have because having what they have isn't worth it, I'm going to be bitter and disdainful and spread the negativity of the fact that they are disgusting human beings who don't deserve to live. And that's not going to help anybody either. So So you're saying that from the perspective of like people that don't have a certain thing that these people on social media are posting, they can become cynical? Well, let's say me. I'm saying this from a personal perspective. Um... I definitely can't fit a mask around my waist. I don't live in a mansion. I don't spend copious amounts of money on my hair because I can't afford it. And I buy most of my clothes from the thrift store because that's what I can afford and that's what I enjoy. So I could look online at a really, really famous person's profile and immediately become so bitter because like, oh my gosh, like who do they think they are? They're not helping the environment. They're not being kind to people. They're spreading this message that unless you look a certain way, you're not valid of living. And I just hate them. And everybody else should hate them too. And everybody in the entire world should be just as miserable as I am because of this person's existence. So let me go out into the world and spread the message that this person is not valid or worthy and let's cancel them. Mm. There's something to be said about cancel culture protecting us from people who shouldn't have access to certain positions. Like, let's say, 
um, pedophiles. Cancel them. But we don't need to cancel everybody who has something that you don't have. It's okay to just ignore them. Because sometimes that's really the best response. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a great point. Um, you know, we, we don't live in such a simple world like that. You can't just, like, remove someone and delete them like a blip. You know, and it really because, wouldn't make you feel better anyway. <laughs> right, it really wouldn't make you feel better anyway. And if it did, then it's some other issues going on. <laughs> but, yeah, I think... I think I just really wanted to talk on this because I just, there's just so many people, um, so many women that are just like going through this. Like, a, like another TikTok I saw, like th this has all happened within the past week that I've like seen these things, whether it be from someone I follow on social media posting about it or something that was shared to me, like. Oh, so you're talking about social media too, mister. Right. Well, well, yeah, I mean, the fact, I mean, mostly talking from, like, stuff that Danae would share. So you're saying that you're trying to use social media as a tool and not let it be a detriment to your health? Right. You guys, I would still argue he spends too much time online. That's fine. I can admit that. <laughs> I'm not trying to defend myself. Okay, continue. Yeah, well, anyways, what I was trying to say is that it's just, it's sad. And there's a double standard, I think, especially for women because there was like these average looking not fit overweight guys commenting on how they like if women were above like 120 130 pounds they were like gross to them and i was like but you're not in shape either like where do like what this is such a double standard where do we draw the line like how is it okay for you to use this rhetoric and say this yeah, and then we almost try to get on our high horse and be like, nobody's ever going to love you, but that's not going to help anybody. <laughs> it's just so sad. Like, how do we even respond when somebody is being really, really hateful? Like, what do you even do? The immediate response, probably internally, would be to hate them right back because it makes you feel stronger instead of feeling weakened by their presence in your life. So just, just consider, what can you do? when you're responding to people who make you feel uncomfortable because they're being hateful towards you. You could talk about that in the future, Ian. Yeah, no, absolutely. But um, I'm here on a podcast saying it out loud because this is something that I work on. And if you ever find yourself thinking those same thoughts, maybe it's time to talk to somebody about your insurance policy and see if you can get mental help. Um, I mean, I go and I see my therapist every week. Now it's on Zoom because hello, Corona. But it's so important not just to not to sit in a puddle and validate your emotions and live in the sorrow of how much you hate your body and um, validate your sadness, but it is so important to look your feelings in the eye and then be constructive and try and find help. Even if finding help is just going and sitting on the couch next to somebody instead of hurting yourself. So that's my input. Yeah, no, I think, as always, well said, well articulated. I think that kind of brings us full circle to the true damages of social media on our self-image beyond just the physical. Mm -hmm. So I think that sums things up quite nicely. Um, thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Thanks for hosting. Absolutely. If you have any questions, feel free to... Direct message me on Instagram at philo.arts. You guys should also leave him a review on Apple Podcast. Yeah, you should do that as well. 
Um, if any of you, again, want to message me on inputs for any episodes in the future, or if you would like to be a guest, that would be awesome as well. There will be a link in the Spotify description to donate to this podcast so I can keep on continuing to make episodes and do what I love. Do not feel obligated or obliged to do that. I am just simply letting you know. So thank you for tuning in and listening. And again, thank you, Delaney, and have a good night. Night, guys.